Senator Hoven, welcome back to Point of View. Great to have you with us, sir. I want to start giving you a moment to pay tribute to one of your colleagues, Senator John McCain. I unearthed a couple of photos uh, when he was in Fargo back in 2012. Uh, you, myself, and Senator McCain. And I guess I'd love to hear from you. We, we feel like we know so much about Senator McCain, but you have an, a much more intimate relationship with him than obviously us. Well, what's one thing that we should know about Senator McCain, but most people don't? He had a great sense of humor. Um, you know, he and I were certainly colleagues, but also very good friends. I, I had him out in North Dakota, as you know, you were there. And, um, you know, he was just tireless. Uh, and he loved the military. I mean, not only served and, of course, was a prisoner of war and, you know, uh, had a you know a tremendous military career. But he really, that was his number one thing in Congress all the time. He was always there working for men and women in uniform and supporting our military. Uh, let's move on to the big news today. President Trump announces, at least right now, it sounds like a temporary, for the moment, bilateral trade deal with Mexico. He's going to try to work in Canada. I guess what I'd like to know from you, uh, what exactly does today's deal mean for North Dakota Ag and North Dakota Energy? Well, Chris, this is what we've been talking about. Um, you know, we're really pushing hard to try to get a NAFTA deal done this fall. And all along the administration, whether it was in visits I've had with the president or Sonny Perdue or the trade rep or uh, Secretary of Treasury Mnuchin, all of them, they say, well, it's really going well with Mexico. And I said, great, then let's get a deal with Mexico and put pressure on Canada to come to the table. That's what you see happening. And the whole push here is to try to get a NAFTA deal done this fall. And I hear that. I know that there was a Canadian delegation uh, in D.C. this afternoon already. But before we move on to right. that aspect, can you tell us what's in this deal with Mexico? Because what, what President Trump is touting is it's going to be uh, new commitments to reduce trade distorting policies for ag goods. It's going to improve uh, food and ag to be traded more fairly. So let's start with ag. What specifically does this deal mean? For our egg producers, I had one more thing, sir, is that uh, we had the North Dakota corn growers at the round, round table last week with Secretary Ross and Deputy Secretary of Ag Stephen Sensky, and he said, hey, look, we need this Mexico deal because it's great for ethanol. So what does this mean for our great egg producers? Right. I mean, Mexico is a market that's very important for our corn producers. You know that. And so it's not just egg, it's energy, too. We also export energy to Mexico. So we have to be sure that there are not any trade barriers or tariffs as far as our ag goods or our energy going into Mexico. And, and that's the case. This agreement, again, continues. And NAFTA was good for ag and for energy. But that, this continues to make sure that we don't have those tariffs that restrict our exports. And that is, Mexico is a very important uh, market for us. It also then provides other provisions that relate to automobiles and manufacturing. And in some of those areas, you actually see the bigger changes. But the key for us was that there are not tariffs uh, so that we can continue to have fair and free trade export our ag products and our energy products into a very important market, which is Mexico. And then again, I hope and believe that it will help put some pressure on Canada now to get with it on these negotiations and, and get an agreement. So no tariffs, it sounds like, in this new deal, sir. I know President Trump has talked about, hey, also no subsidies when he was up at the G7. So is there any new information coming out of this deal when it comes to our sugar program in Mexico often dumping sugar in America? I've already, I've already talked to, uh, you know, the sugar producers' representatives. They seem to think it looks fine obviously checked on that right away <laughs> um in the automobile 
in the automotive. That's a, like a $3 billion industry yeah. in the Red River Valley. I mean, it's just a huge industry. Um, and so that we've got to have markets, same thing, whether it's uh, sugar or any of our other ag commodities, energy like I talked about. I think where you're going to see some bigger differences in some of the automotive and manufacturing, there there are tariffs if you don't have at least 75% of the of the parts and production in North America, then there's a tariff above that. So you'll see some changes there, some changes in terms of how you negotiate dispute resolution. Um, so there are some differences, but overall it looks like we're on the right track. Um, kind of take off beat a little bit, sir, but with, within your purview since you're on the uh, Homeland Security Committee. So what I'm hearing is this also could raise wages in Mexico. You often hear the situation is that the reason so many people are coming across our borders is because of the, the uh, poverty in Mexico any outside chance that there's this opportunity here where we actually uh, have more opportunity in Mexico now, better wages, so people aren't trying to come to our borders as much? At least, at least 40 percent of the automobiles have to have uh, labor or a wage rate that's $16 or higher, 40 percent of it. So that's the provision you're referring to, but actually what that does is it again levels the playing field a little bit. Look at the United States where we have all these standards and whether it's mm -hmm. the environment, or how we treat people and all those kind of things. If we're competing against somebody that has none of those requirements and then just pays nothing for a wage, that puts us at a competitive disadvantage. So it's an effort to address some of that. Uh, I know a Canadian delegation was in D.C. today. Do you know anything about those talks at this point? And what is it going to take to bring Canada in to make this a complete NAFTA deal? One of the big sticking points with Canada was this idea that every five years you'd have to renew the trade agreement. That was something Canada was very much opposed to. What, what this agreement in principle does with Mexico is that you have 16 years and a, six, uh, a review period after six years. I think that starts to bridge one of the bigger uh, challenges that we had uh, with Canada. There are others, but that was one of them. Are there any uh, Canadian sticking points, sir, that you would say, you know what, absolutely not, I don't want to have them as part of NAFTA and then just create two bilateral deals instead? Well, we'll see, but I mean, can't, one of the things Canada does that we absolutely, you know, just can't tolerate is they downgrade all of our grains. Yes. You know, anytime we send wheat or any type of small grains up there, they immediately downgrade them automatically. That's, that's not right. I mean, they need to, to grade fairly. We, we treat them fairly. They need to treat us fairly. That's one example. Uh, they have barriers on poultry. They have barriers on dairy. You know, so there's potatoes. others. Potatoes. Um, and then the five-year potatoes, a great example. Now, that's one of the things you'll see in the assistance packages. There are going to be purchases of potatoes for the food bank and school lunch programs. Hopefully that'll help our potato producers who, as you say, I mean, with Canada and other challenges they face like trucking, they're having a hard time of it. So they, they need some help. I want to move on to the trade assistance program here in a moment, sir, but I've asked a ton of people this. I asked Secretary Ross this last week, Senator Heidi Heitkamp, others, and I want to ask you since you're a banker and see if you sure. can give me a good answer to this. So I'm a guy in, let's say Denver, or for that matter, someone at home watching right now, and prior to aluminum and steel tariffs, my beer was cheaper, my car was cheaper. If I'm at home right now watching this, why should I care if we have an $800 billion trade deficit? Because my consumer goods, they're cheap, and I enjoy that. Right. You know, I mean, that's a really good question. But at the end of the day, we, you know, we want to be able to compete. It's just like, you know, in your athletic contest. If, if you had to run uphill all the time and the other team was running downhill, you'd have a hard time winning the game, right? So remember, we want jobs, we want a growing economy and all these kinds of things. So that's why it's important. But the key is that we get to these open markets because then the consumer benefits not only because they can get our goods, but they can get goods from other places without tariffs. 
All right, let's move on to this U.S. Trade Assistance Program, $12 billion to help farmers as we sort of navigate this, this trade war. Not a lot of details released today, sir. You're on the Senate Ag Committee. You're the chair of the uh, Ag Appropriations Committee. What can you tell us about this right. trade assistance program? Yeah, I've gone through it quite a bit with USDA. Obviously, had been working with uh, Secretary Purdue uh, and then Deputy Secretary Sensky, who was just out in uh, North Dakota. He and I have uh, obviously discussed it a lot, reviewed it. This is just the first 50%. It's three different buckets. They'll provide assistance payments, like we talked about for soybeans, it's $1.65 a bushel. Then they'll do um, purchases for crops like edible beans and potatoes. That'll be, I think, important for us. And then the third piece is they provide uh, TPA, uh, or not TPA, but trade promotion assistance uh, in terms of uh, some of the commodity groups providing funding to help them develop new markets for our farmers. So again, this is the first half. I think it's going to be good in some areas like for soybeans, which is important because the challenge with China and the negotiation with China is ongoing. In other areas like for corn, you know, just uh, it's one cent a bushel that that's, you know, obviously we think that needs to be looked at again. But that's why this uh, NAFTA negotiation is so important because Mexico is a big market for our corn growers. Senator, there's And still then the other thing, like you said, for energy. Yes, and, and there is a ton here to discuss, sir, but that we appreciate the time. We look forward to having you back and uh, talk more about these things. Heck, September 5th, you guys have got your first Farm Bill Conference Committee. There was new news today about the diversion. We've unfortunately got to wrap it up here, sir, but I do want to give you a moment. We got the opening bison kickoff this Saturday. I've got about 20 seconds left, sir. I know you love the bison. We're going to want to give you the last word today. Really excited about the bison this year and uh, can't wait for the season to start. It's been too long. As they say, <laughs> let's play football. Go bison. Throw deep and throw often. Senator John Hoven, always appreciate your time, sir. You got we'll it. We'll talk to you again soon.